0: Hello Mamas, Laura here and today we are chatting about tummy time and the best ways to incorporate this into your day and to prevent the flattening of your baby's head. Enjoy!
1: Hey Mama, I'm sending you Wonderful pregnancy vibes It's time for you
0: To guide you through Let's take some time for you It's pregnancy with Fizzy Hello mamas and welcome back to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. Today we are kicking off with episode two in our Kids Physio series, diving into the best ways to include tummy time in your day, which hint hint is not necessarily putting your baby on their tummy on the floor all the time. And we also chat about flatheads and the best strategies to prevent this from occurring. So this is episode two of a five-part kids physio series with the incredible Nicole Pates, our titled pediatric physiotherapist. And if you haven't already listened to episode one in this series, please go back and give it a listen when you can, because we do talk about the importance of play when it comes to achieving baby milestones, and this includes tummy time. And it is so important to enjoy this process with your baby rather than feeling like it's a task that you need to complete each day. Now there is so much amazing information coming up in this kids physio series. So if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast so that you do not miss out. And in the next few episodes in this kid physio series, we'll be covering crawling and the realistic expectations around when this should occur and the different ways in which your baby may begin to crawl. The absolute down low on baby carriers and whether or not baby toys and activity centers are helpful. Or harmful. Now remember, we also have four bonus videos exclusively available to members inside the Pregnancy Posse where Nicole talks us through different play ideas for babies aged zero to three months old. Now this entire podcast series and all our other podcast series along with any exclusive member-only bonus podcast content is all live right now inside the Pregnancy Posse. So if you'd love to access all the bonus content and listen to or watch this entire podcast series right now rather than waiting for future episodes to to come out, then please do go and check out The Pregnancy Posse. I have taken my years of experience helping pregnant and postnatal women as a women's health physiotherapist and made this accessible to every wonderful woman online inside The Pregnancy Posse. So when you join The Posse, I will personally guide you week by week through your pregnancy with safe weekly workouts tailored to your exact week of pregnancy i also do a weekly q a session where i answer any of the amazing questions from our posse members and there is a beautiful community forum where you can ask any of your questions and get support from other women on the same journey we also have a beautiful resources library which covers every topic you need to know so that you can avoid the dreaded google rabbit hole Now, I would love to help you have a healthy, active, pain-free pregnancy. So just head over to thepregnancyposse.com to see what The Pregnancy Posse is all about. Now, let's get into episode two of our five-part kids' physio series. Let's take the pressure off traditional tummy time protocols and instead learn new and playful ways to enjoy this with your children. Enjoy.
1: Let's go into the big milestones now because we can't ignore them. That's what everyone wants to know about. Yes. The first one that we're often focused on as parents is tummy time. It's drilled into us, tummy time, tummy time, tummy time. So I know that you have maybe a slightly different view on tummy time than, as you mentioned before, it's not all about the minutes that you rack up. Could you maybe mm. talk us through your you know, thoughts on tummy time, why it's maybe not the be all and end all, and how mums and dads can incorporate tummy time into their routine when it's maybe not as enjoyable? Because I know a lot of listeners wrote in to say, how do we do tummy time if my child hates it? If my child mm. doesn't like mm. it, they don't want to be mm. there. So I'm sure you get this a lot, but could you, do, yes. could you unpack that for us?
2: I definitely can. So, yeah, so I get this question a lot about how do I help my baby to tummy time? And I think the first step is um, adjusting our expectations of what tummy time is. So tummy time, a lot of parents feel is being flat on the floor and that's tummy time and that, you know, we see all these pictures of babies that have just been born and they're sort of, their heads are up and they're looking around and really newborns, if they are flat on their floor, they'll be like head turned to the side pretty placid and that is that is normal some babies won't be wanting to be put on the floor a because it's cold b there they want to be on you because they've been in the womb um and they're just they're just not comfortable down there or they they they're like they they want to be on you and feeling that warmth and so um our expectations of tummy time need to shift so that tummy time can be on us on our chest and i think if we understand why tummy time was introduced. So tummy time was introduced as part of the SIDS back to sleep campaign. So SIDS came, back to sleep campaign, which is super successful, um, came into play about 1991, 1992. And what we discovered from that was a lot of babies were, um, because of this fear around putting babies on their tummy to sleep, lots of bubs were spending a lot of time on their backs and were getting misshapen heads um and tightness in their necks and things like that and so they introduced tummy time to be a counteract to that to try and prevent that however really the purpose of tummy time is just to spend less time on your back so (laughs) you can do that on you you can do it in a carrier you can do it over your arm you can do it on your legs you can do it anywhere as long as they, you can do what you can be inside lying rather than on their tummy um and there's some really lovely research that's being done at the moment about um it's not like motor development is not just about tummy time but it can also be the way you're holding and moving baby to help their muscles and their body systems experience different um different planes of movement and different what we call in the vestibular in your ear like that um different different sense of being and sense of body awareness and so instead of just you know we picking our baby up flat or um to the side um like we can we can add in some rotation and and things like that which is which is helpful as well so it doesn't have to be the be all and end all um tummy time but we so the so if we adjust those expectations it really takes the pressure off of oh my god my baby's just been born i put on their tummy they don't like it that's okay totally normal um you can do lots of other different things um and then or you might be like i'm not even ready to try that like i just need to get feeding and they're not even awake you know i move your sleep so that's okay like you just start it as soon as you feel ready babies are really adaptable and um yeah so it's and then i find when they are ready to do tubby time if they are super keen to go on the floor straight away you can almost progress them down through incline whether it be yourself or a wedge or um one lady asked me like is a pillow unsafe and I think as long as you're super like tummy time on a pillow inclined I think as long as you're supervising and you're there with baby and obviously tummy time is going to be a little bit more fun if you're like interacting with them face to face because they love your face so whether it's on your chest or whether it's you know you, you getting down on the floor and then lots of mums you'll know Laura say i can't get down on the floor because of my my pain or other things but it doesn't have to be on the floor they can be on the bed or the change table it doesn't you don't have to get down to them you can bring them up to you it's just you know a firmer surface can sometimes help but even one lady will say i put them on a towel and the towel is too scratchy change it to a nice rug and that's where those those little nuances that um, are individual to your baby really come come out if that makes sense
1: I love that. I'm, I'm mm. thinking that we should petition, instead of calling it tummy time, to call it not on your back time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, if you think about it, that's why it came from, and because mm. bubs are being left on their back, then, you know, they didn't get any opportunities to explore, but it's hard when you're introducing a campaign that saves so many lives, but then there's kind of a fear around putting your tum- baby on their tummy as well, not just for sleep, but regular day-to-day things like that like some parents have that anxiety because of the SIDS campaign and the SIDS campaign is wonderful but I think like you know when you're worried about something as a parent your bub picks up on that too and Mm -hmm. so that's why I think sometimes it's a more gentler way to start on you so that you can feel them and you can and you can be there with them yes if you feel if you
1: I was just thinking about a friend and I were joking the other day, but I can now go back to her and reassure her that she did a lot of tummy time and she did all the right things with her first. Now she's got her second and she forgot about it. And we were joking about, oh, sometimes, you know, when you're cooking dinner and baby's on your shoulder, it lifts its head back and looks around. But Mm. from what you're saying, that is a legitimate exercise. (laughs)
2: Yeah, definitely. Over your shoulder, yep, yep, over your shoulder, on your chest, over your arm, carrying it around. They're all tummy time. It's all tummy time. Tummy, tummy time.
1: Um, not on your back time. (laughs) No. Awesome. Flatheads and tight which sometimes tie into it. Now, I know this is a big cause of anxiety for a lot of parents, and I imagine it. I've not had this experience, but I imagine it's because of the aesthetics. I don't know. (laughs) You'd be able to give us a bit more insight. but what do we need to be mindful of as parents to prevent flat heads in the first place? And if we do start to notice that their head is a little bit misshapen or, you know, something just doesn't seem quite right, what sort of tips and tricks would you be giving parents as a first starting point to try and manage this a bit better?
2: Yeah. So, well, their heads are really moldable to begin with, especially in that first two to three months. And actually some of them come out pretty funny shapes. That's you know, so we don't actually like consider it to be a flat head or a misshapen head until after about that six week period, anyway, because because sometimes the way they're positioned in utero or something, you know, the way they came through the birth canal, there's the, the canal, there's there's different different things can influence that. So, um, but but as I said, the back to sleep, like putting our bubs back to sleep, and some. And it's really interesting, I was talking to a lady that's doing a PhD, but I'm not sure if the results have been published yet, but a lot of the focus in, oh, they're good sleepers and they might get a flat head, but that's not necessarily true. And I um, always say to parents, like, we can't really, you know, when you put them to sleep, you can put their head one way and then head the other way, which can help because you're putting their heads to each way. Um, If you notice that one way is harder or they don't like turning their head to one way, then then that's kind of an idea of, okay, well, maybe like we need to, that's something we they need to have be able to turn their head both ways, basically. So one might feel a little bit tighter or they might just fall back. And that's like that's something that I would say at that point in time, no matter how young they were, I would be focusing on on making sure that we're doing one after the other and that, that and they respond really quickly early on, um, the little bubs when you pick it up that early um so that's one thing that you can do first first off is try to remember but you know when you're feeding and you're sleeping and everything else sometimes you don't even think about which way their head's facing until six weeks
1: that's okay too
2: because you know you've just got to do what you need to do to get through but what I was going to say is we don't focus on what they're doing in the sleep time because you know there's no point in you waking up every hour to switch their head back if they're sleeping Mm -hmm. focus on what you're doing in the daytime and what you can do in the daytime is provide their head with lots of different movement, like, you know, looking one way, looking the other way through positioning either on you or in your arms or, um, or um, the way you pick them up, so rolling them to the side and picking them up rather than just picking them up. Flat all the time, and so there's different ways that you can give them different opportunities to experience head movement and develop the muscle strength around their neck, um, and focus on the daytime rather than the sleep time. And that's something that's coming coming out is that the more variance they have in their movement early on from the way we hold them and carry them, the 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 better they respond, and the, the less likely like that that flat head stuff is going to happen. Um, But, yeah, you're right. I think it's the aesthetics of the flathead because you can see it and people comment on it, especially um, around the four-month mark when bub starts being more upright. So when when you start to try and sit them on your knee because around three months they develop this ability to keep their head, like if you tip them to the side, they'll keep their head up. That happens around the 12-week post 40-week gestation mark um so around three months depending on when bub was born um and so when they start doing that and you start to you know prop them in your lap a little bit more when you're out and about that's when you start to notice the flattening whereas when they're on their back on the floor you don't see that as much so um, if you do feel like there's something interesting happening with your baby's head shape i always encourage like taking a photo looking down at their head and because, you know, you're so sleep-deprived. Like, <laughs> so if you take once a week, you'll see what's happening with their head and also go through your camera roll. Like, you can take heaps of photos of our babies. Are they always facing to the left in your camera roll? If they are, then yeah, let's start moving their head to the right because there's obviously a preference there. Um, so there's some things you can do really um early to help and the other thing is I really like carriers for helping with head preferences so if you know that your baby prefers turning left having in the carrier and trying to get that nice stretch turning like with their head the other way is a really lovely way to give them a prolonged nap with it with a stretch with their head where they can't flip back if, you, if it's in the day so I really like that that for that as well but yeah if you know after that six mark if it's still flat and you're noticing the flatness the earlier you seek help the easier it is to manage even if it's just changing some things up in the way you hold carry or position barb or some things around the house and sometimes barbs have a tight neck muscle which is a little bit harder and you have to do a little more intense physio on um, but yeah the earlier you pick it up the earlier it is to treat so as soon as you notice something it's much easier to check in and, and fix it early than sort of wait the wait and see approach
1: Mm, that's great advice. And I did have a listener write in to ask, can mm. this affect breastfeeding? I think they were referring mostly to if they had like an asymmetrical tightness in their neck. Is that mm-hmm. something you would notice when you're feeding one side versus the other?
2: Yeah, so you can. So um the tightness, there's different, there's different. So bub can have tightness in their neck for different reasons. One is position in utero. Um, some mums lack fluid or have less fluid in their uterus through pregnancy, and so there's less room for bub to move. Um, or there might be twins or, you know, narrow pelvis, like anything that means that there might be a, or a huge bub, anything that means that it might be smaller space would be a, like a, a flag for me to think, Or oh, do I need to check their neck and their hips and their feet? as well um but um or sometimes when they if if it's a long pushing stage or if they've spent a lot of time through or even some of the bubs um who are born by c-section like they might get stuck and like i don't know why but some people in my family yeah anyway they get stuck their babies are up nice and high um and so um you know if there's anything in terms of how baby's born to check their neck because sometimes and this isn't like and this is the other thing i get really frustrated when they're like oh it's my fault because of you know the birth of my canal and i'm like no it's not your fault babies are really adaptable um we don't you can't change a baby's The spine, like you know, all we can do is give them equal movement to both, like you know, experience both sides of movement. Um, but sometimes they come out and they are tight in one neck, which makes it hard to rotate the other way to turn the other way, and that might make breastfeeding difficult, or they might just be generally tight, which might mean that they have trouble opening and extending their neck and um with latch and different things like that. So physios can be really helpful and powerful in that space of assessing just movement around there and not just by turning their head but we spend a lot of time like this as a baby but also you know it's a lovely opening open, and that's why tummy time is great because they, they when they start to lift their head they're stretching through there but we can get that through you know laying them across our lap and giving them nice head support to stretch out that neck as well so it's just giving them that opportunity to you know if they've been like this all the time can we get them a little bit more like that does that make sense?
1: Absolutely. And I think the theme coming through with what you're saying, which is a philosophy I share with pregnant women as well, is variety of movement yes. is so yeah. important. So I always talk about mums move in one plane, which is like mm. bend down, come back up, bend down, come back up. And that's why extension stretches feel yes. wonderful because yes. how often do you do that as a mum? Hardly mm. ever. Um, mm. It's always forward motion. So I think when it comes to balancing everything out, it's just about variety of movement. There's no one specific way that is perfect. It's just, you know, changing it up regularly. So I love that.
0: Hey, mamas, Laura here. I really hope you now have a different appreciation for quote unquote tummy time. Rather than feeling like it is another task to add to the ever growing list of things that we should be doing as parents, you can now think of it as off your back time (laughs) which I find is much easier to include in your day and much less pressure around it. I also hope that Nicole's philosophy around play and enjoying the development of your children is really starting to resonate so that you don't worry about their growth but you instead enjoy this time with them. Now if you'd love to learn more from Nicole you can find her on Instagram at Nicole underscore kids physio and as always I would love to hear from you over on my socials at Physio Laura and let me know what your favorite learning was from this episode and if you also prefer thinking of tummy time as off your back time instead now in the next few episodes of this kids physio series we will be chatting with Nicole about crawling and the realistic expectations around when this should occur and the different ways in which a baby may begin to crawl We'll also be discussing baby carriers and whether or not baby toys and activity centers are helpful or harmful. So, if you haven't already, just subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast that you don't miss out on our upcoming episodes in this amazing series. And if you love today's episode and you want to watch the next three episodes in this Kids Physio series, you can find this entire series along with every other podcast series we've ever done right now inside the Pregnancy Posse. So, for most series of the podcast, we also record. Bonus content for members only, and in the bonus member-only episode for this Kids Physio Series, Nicole shares with us four bonus videos demonstrating play-based ideas for babies aged zero to three months. And inside the Pregnancy Posse, you'll also find our beautiful weekly guided pregnancy workouts, an extensive resources library which covers labor and birth preparation, pelvic floor exercises, and managing pregnancy aches and pains, plus a wonderful community forum and weekly Q&A sessions. I would love to help you have a wonderful pregnancy, birth and postnatal experience. So just visit thepregnancyposse.com to see what the Pregnancy Posse is all about and to trial it for seven days. I will catch you soon for episode three in this five-part kids physio series where we'll be chatting about the crawling milestone. Realistically, when you should expect your child to start doing this and all the weird and wonderful ways in which they may start to move. But until then, mamas, sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes and enjoy the incredible journey that is pregnancy.